This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Jeremiah Rothschild. Jeremiah talks us to us regularly about what trends he's watching in healthcare and business and so forth. Jeremiah, can you take a second and introduce yourself? Then we'll talk about sort of what trends and issues you're watching and what you're most focused on currently. Absolutely. First, Scott, thank you for the opportunity to chat with you today and uh, the Becker's Healthcare Peed podcast. I've been in the industry about 20 years, uh, working with blue chip companies and startups as a consultant and in an industry. It's interesting to reflect back on the journey and draw some parallels and learnings from the early 2000s when I was last working on, believe it or not, pandemic planning and when there were industry concerns about the H5N1 avian flu and the potential financial and human impacts. Back then, we, were, we thought that it was a low probability, high impact event. Obviously, we only got part of that equation right. Well, what we recognize, though, is how a pandemic can be debilitating, but the full ramifications back then weren't known as it relates to what we experience today with the labor and supply chain disruptions. Healthcare organizations the last three years since the pandemic started have not really fully recovered. While the environment has evolved from day-to-day crisis firefighting to now being part of the new normal, the shock to the healthcare system has persisted. We're dealing with worker burnout, which is at a critical level. Providers can't fully staff facilities, and yet patient volumes remain depressed compared to 2019 pre-pandemic levels. And, and, and what do you see going forward? Do some of these issues start to sort themselves out? I mean, you've got a whole change in the labor environment where you know everybody wants to work remote compared to years ago. It changes the complexion of workforces and so forth. What's the long-term look like? Or is this going to be with us forever, this sort of trying to manage this hybrid workforce and businesses and so forth? Yeah, it's a great question, Scott. So I think we need to first look at what's happening to the volumes in the healthcare setting. The volumes are down, and I think for a while people have been waiting for them to come back. I, I think while controversial, I don't think the volumes are going to come back quite as strong as people will hope. And a lot of the volume is shifting to other settings. When you look at the growth in labor, a lot of it has been on the administrative side. The clinical side hasn't kept up and the nursing schools haven't been able to produce enough qualified nurses uh, in a short period of time to make up for those that have retired or have taken on other roles. And so with that, that creates the constraint on the volume that if you were able to bring patients back in, you actually don't have the supply of nurses and clinical staff to service uh, those patients that need to receive care. And the hospitals are experiencing significant spikes in costs for staffing nursing and other allied health professionals. As it relates to working remote, yes, more and more work can be done remote that is administrative in nature, and there's certain types of care as the population ages that will certainly shift to hospital at home, virtual care for patients. However, the administrative side is really where there's an opportunity to take a closer look and really question why has there been a 5x spike over the last 10 years in certain staffing functions on the administrative side when the clinical staff has not increased in a commiserate rate, how can we as an industry be more efficient? 
And how do you change that on the administrative side? When you look at that spike compared to the clinical spike, how do you change that? How do you get that back under control some? So administrative costs, I mean, they work if you became a much larger organization, but if if the growth is not there, then you sort of got to relook at that. And that's what you're seeing with a lot of growth companies today is relooking at that administrative size compared to the size company they ended up being. How do you fix some of that in healthcare? Yeah, that's a fantastic question, Scott. So I think it's a few things. While AI has had some fits and starts in healthcare, there's a lot of promise still there in working with the right companies that have the capabilities to deliver in this. And that's really critical because there's a lot of things that are being farmed out overseas or other parts of the country that are using low-skilled workers that really could benefit from AI where there are repeated processes and tasks and where there are low-end functions that can be offloaded. And so there's a huge opportunity for administrative savings. What provider organizations need to be careful with, however, is that for that savings, making sure it's not just trying to save five or 10% or 20% in labor efficiency in a task, because that usually doesn't result in commiserate savings in staffing or the ability to redirect staff to other areas. But because when you factor in all the change management and everything that goes into standing up those programs, uh, they themselves often require project management organizations, oversight, governance, and that in itself can actually override any of the value of a potential ROI if really looked at from a total cost of ownership and then looking at it commiserately, what is the value generated? So that's where I think there are some categories where there's huge opportunity for CFOs, for example, to look at, for example, if you look at the coding and CDI space, that's an area that is ripe for some optimization. Uh, Programs from Nuance and 3M that are dominant players in the market do a very good job. However, there's efficiency plays here when you think about it, what the provider is up against. When you compare to the payer side of the market, basically payers have internal teams and up to five layers of review and they're contingency fee based often where they're getting anywhere from say, seven to 20% on a contingency basis of what they recover by being able to recoup. Whereas the provider is often using just internal resources that only are able to scratch the surface. They hope to target the highest value Medicare opportunities, but with patients coming in on the weekend with short staff, with staff reverting back to clinical floors to care for patients, these programs often aren't able to do the full work required. And so this is an area where AI can be a really powerful tool to be able to do a second pass review to help level the playing field for the provider who might be doing three, four, or five passes and leveraging specialist vendors. This enables providers, and this is one area I've been spending a lot of time on recently, uh, looking at some interesting vendors in this space that really provide a nice lift in revenue and drop down uh, in terms of earnings accretion for the provider uh, with very limited effort and very quick implementation times because of a very unique approach and the value of real AI in the process. Thank you. And your point is well, so well taken. I mean, every health system in the country, every brand in the country knows they need to move more towards technology and towards 
automation, and at the same time, just the staffing to oversee that stuff sometimes is so daunting and having the right people in place. So, so finding solutions that don't require so much internal lift is so important. And every solution tells you they don't require a lot of internal lift, but we all know a lot of them do. So differentiating, where do you really need a lot of internal leadership and oversight versus where you don't is so important. Then also judging where you're going to get enough bang for your buck to put in some of that oversight is so important as well. Jeremiah, anything else you'd like to leave your, our listeners with today on sort of this automation AI technology front in healthcare? Anything else you'd like to leave the, the, the listenership with? Yeah, I think there's three things to consider. So when I look at ROI, ROI has been one of those things that have been so overstated in healthcare that I would say if we were able to sum up all vendor ROIs that have been put out in front of customers over the years, then we wouldn't be anywhere close to 20% of GDP. We would have a lot more cost taken out. So I think there's three tests to really apply when you're looking at what is the value of a solution? Can you really get the value? So the first one is, does it add revenue or does it just reduce costs? And reducing costs, is, is it used as a viable strategy? Kind of what I was saying before, if it only takes out 10% of the cost and not actually reduce FTEs, then really that upfront capital investment change management and retraining usually doesn't yield an ROI. Then the second test is, is the vendor willing to put their money where their mouth is? What does that mean? Are they willing to agree to only get paid as a portion of revenue lift with no minimum? And then the third is, can you attribute the revenue? Meaning there are a lot of vendors that will front run. I'll just use in the CDI space as an example. If you were to move upstream into a provider workflow, you might be able to insert a suggestion to a provider that they might have naturally gotten anyways if that suggestion wasn't provided or the CDI team may have caught later. Jeremiah, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you. And, and I love your insight about what to look for in terms of sort of when you look at new vendor, new AI, new technology, you know, are you looking for revenue lift? Are you looking for cost reduction? What's your return on investment on it? What are some of the thresholds? Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you very, very much. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity and look forward to continuing discussions in the future.